Hey, this is Mike Sparrow with Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. This time last year, uh, as of December 6th, the Suns were 4-21. and 21. As of right now, I know it's been a little bit rocky over the last couple of weeks. The Suns did win two of their last three games as of the time of recording this podcast. This is Saturday, December 7th. The Suns are now 10-11. and 11. That's not bad. <laughs> not that bad is, is an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not bad is an understatement. And they won two of their last three games in a spectacular fashion. We won't talk about the 20-point, blowing 20-point leads, but we will talk about spectacular finishes. And let's also remember for, I believe, what is the 15th consecutive season, at least we're not the New York Knicks. <laughs> they are. Uh... I tell you what, firing David Fizdale, I talk about a coach that everybody loves because he had a couple of like one line zingers. Hey, take that for data. <laughs> I mean, they were they were great. They were great zingers. But uh, the, the fact that people still think that he is some sort of um, uh, high echelon uh, coach at this point, when you look at his body of work, uh, his rotations, uh, just the guy's not good. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, this isn't a next podcast, but I, I do think it's interesting how somebody can, can have those, uh, uh, phrases go viral and how much that can change the perception of the job that they do. Don't worry. Much like, uh, the guys who have been fired from the suns recently, the stink of, uh, what happened in New York won't wash off of him easily. He'll, uh, he, he won't be, uh, coaching, uh, head coaching anywhere for a while. I think, <clears throat> Well, I think it is cool that we did seem to dodge a bullet, so that's good. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, it, it would have w- worked out exactly the way it did with Igor. They would have fired him, so it it is what it is. All right. Um, so if you are listening on the podcast and you want to get your voice on the intro of the show, open the show notes, and there is a leave a voicemail button. Uh, go ahead and leave a voicemail if it's fun, if it's interesting. We'll get your, your voice on the beginning of the show. If you are watching on YouTube right now, do us a favor and subscribe on the podcast. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, just search for Sun Solar Panel. Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, the No Dunks podcast, formerly the Starters, Basketball Jones, um, everyone knows that. Uh, Frank the Tank made the worst of the week honors uh, for how his voice cracked when he yelled out and won on the court the other day. It was like, and won! Uh, hilarious. Have you guys heard that segment? Hey, you leave my nerdy friend alone, uh, the namesake of Kaminsky Cove. Yeah, I love, I, I've always loved that. Uh, I've always loved that segment on that show. The the starters, the basketball Jones, now no dunks, uh, they, they've always been one of the... Uh, one of the top uh, shows uh, and, and podcasts uh, out there, and they've—they're the OGs. They started way back in 2006, uh, so uh, always much respect to those guys. Uh, hold on, hold on, Greg. But they have sponsors, so they must be trash. Hey, don't ask <laughs> for money. They're also <laughs> selling T-shirts too, so you know those <laughs> bastards. Bastards. Uh, shout out to everyone there. Um, so the uh, Cavaliers are ready to start listening to trade offers for Kevin Love. This was reported by Woj on Friday. Uh, just a little bit of information on this right now, because I think this would be kind of a fun exercise that we'll do. I do have trade machine loaded up. Kevin Love, 31 years old, uh, $28 million a year, four years left on his contract. The Suns would need to send Tyler Johnson. Well, Okay, assuming for the sake of any argument we have, Tyler Johnson would be included in that. We'd need to send Tyler Johnson and just under $5 million to make that uh, contract work in some sort of a trade, uh, assuming that the Suns would also have to throw in some draft capital to make it worth it. But starting off, do you guys think that a starting lineup of Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Oubre, Love, and Aiton uh, really would be a formidable force in the West. Yeah, well, it certainly makes the playoffs this year. If that's a, if that's something that you're pushing for, that gets it done. I think. Well, I think the I think the Suns' current lineup is a playoff team, and I and I have. And Greg, I know you don't agree. You're thinking uh, low thirties still, um, but I, I really think the current lineup is is playoffs. So, but having said that, I don't think Kevin Love makes them much better. 
in terms of playoff seeding. Now, their likelihood to win a playoff game um, could go up, and they might win two or three or four more games through the rest of the year. But, I mean, you're talking already, in my opinion, a low 40s win team with the current team. And the assumption being that Love would take Sharge's spot and a lot of Kaminsky's minutes. Uh, so your front line would be often DeAndre Aiden, Aaron Baines, and, and Kevin Love. Um, that would be a really good, fun team to watch. Kevin Love is basically um, a supersized version of Dario Sharge, so that's great. Uh, he doesn't play defense just like uh, – I, I, in fact, I, I think Dario's a better defender than we give him credit for, and yes. Kevin Love would not be as good. Uh, so there'd be a little bit of concern on that. Uh, but uh, would would the Suns be better? Yes. Would they get more respect because of the people in the lineup, names in the lineup? Yes. Uh, could they win more games? Possibly. Uh, would they have a higher seed? Probably not. I think, uh, I, I think both teams I, are playoff couple, teams. A couple of points on that. One is right now the Suns are 28th in offensive rebounding and they're 24th in defensive round, rebounding uh, for total <laughs> rebounding 27th. In the league, uh, there's clearly an issue there. Yes, part of that does have to do with the fact that that uh, um, Aiton and Bands have missed a considerable amount of time. But even that being said, Dario, even though he is a better defender, um, he is not exactly a great rebounder. Frank Kaminsky is not exactly a great rebounder. And um, uh, right. Kevin Love would bring that um to but, the table. And so there there is value in getting rebounds. That's essentially an extra possession. Yeah, well, look. Sure, absolutely, but but a guy doesn't just get rebounds. See, here's the thing. There's, uh, I, and you know this better than any of the three of us, Tim, because you play pickup ball a lot, um, but it, it's not just, you can't just have one guy do one thing. They have to play the entire game. you got to well, right, play defense, you got to well. shoot, you got to score. I right. get it, but there are things that Dario Saric does that helps a team win. He is, um, somebody posted the other day all the plus minuses cumulative for the year and charge is like third or fourth on the team yeah, but look you're not uh, for the year plus minus you're not losing Sarich. he would to me look at you get better at rebounding you get a more consistent offensive player at that power forward spot starting and then you improve your bench simply because you're shift shifting Sarich to the bench now so your bench gets oh. better defensively uh, and and you're not losing him you're well, just why do you think you wouldn't have role. to trade charge because i don't think you'd have to in this uh, in this scenario i i don't think you think Sarge. that they would want i mean the the only reason that uh the Cavs would not want charge to replace kevin love because uh, okay if charge was in his third year uh they would definitely want charge back because he is a young guy on a low deal who could, you know, you could sell the fans and also sell the team on his upward mobility and all that. The only problem with Sharich is that he becomes a free agent in the summer. And he's going to want a little bit more money um, than what he's currently making, but he is the perfect guy to slot in to replace Kevin Love in the Cavaliers lineup. Cause you got to look at it from the Cavaliers point of view too. They want to at least be respectable. Well, but very few teams want to be embarrassing. Uh, like the Suns have wanted to be in the last few years. And so they're going to want something back. And Charge is just 25. He is still on his rookie deal. He he does approximate two-thirds of what Kevin Love does. And please, please believe me, I, I would trade for Kevin Love tomorrow. And I would give them Dario Charge, And I would give them Tyler Johnson. And I would give them a heavily protected first-round pick. And I would give them Elia Kobo so they have somebody who can actually pass the ball uh, playing in their backcourt. And Kobo probably would look like a giant compared to their starting backcourt right now with Garland and Sexton. Um, I would do all that in a heartbeat. And I'm not saying – I'm not suggesting otherwise. I'm just saying that Dario is – um, a mini version of Kevin Love, and uh, that's the kind of guy I would want back if I was the Cavs. Uh, I just imagine those end of the uh, quarter lineups that Monty rolls out that just have zero offense to them. I mean, there's just nobody that can score on their own in those lineups, and they don't have a point guard out there that that can create shots for others. Really, at this point, <clears throat> how good? Kevin Love would be in those situations. Well, and imagine, imagine Kevin Love playing with Ricky Rubio That's again. Right. I mean, when Kevin Love was considered a top 10 player, and he's not anymore, but when he was considered a top 10 player was when he was playing with Ricky Rubio, and they were actually uh, both playmakers because Love would do it off the elbow, and Ricky obviously does it his way um, that we've been watching the last 20-some games. We get a lot more playmaking, 
Love would have a chance to go back to his his best role. Uh, and I think um, I think it would be fun to watch for sure. All I'm saying is I don't think that gets him a high seed, doesn't make him a oh, contender or anything like that. No, not not right now for sure. I mean, what the only thing that's going to make this team a contender, and let's be honest, is uh, is DeAndre Ayton turning into a star in this league. That's that's what will turn this team into a contender in the long run because Booker needs that guy next to him, and you're just not going to acquire him in free agency or trade. You need DeAndre Ayton to become that guy. That is the only way this roster becomes a championship contender in the next you know four or five years is DeAndre Ayton taking that step i don't care who you acquire uh you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to acquire somebody that's gonna put you in that echelon but that would certainly set you up for if deandre ayton does take that jump that uh that you would have a a roster Mm -hmm. around those guys that could contend i I think that's what you're looking at uh in that end it solves uh, at least for the short term uh the the question of who is the power forward uh, on this team, which we've known has been a gaping hole for the last few years. So, well, I, I, would... I just I, I want you guys to imagine uh, Ricky Rubio um, with uh, a, a horn set and Kevin Love pick and popping, DeAndre Ayton rolling to the basket, and Kelly Oubre as well as Devin Booker out there on the corners. Uh, oh, just... I know it'd be so fun to watch. <laughs> so like, fun to watch. Well, and then then well, you have then you have Baines coming off the bench uh, Sarge or Kaminsky uh, as the backup for uh, whoever uh, is still with your roster depending on how the trade goes down all of a sudden everything looks a little bit better uh, in that you know oh. uh, Kevin Love at the elbow passing to uh, uh, Devin Booker when he's cutting uh, just uh, oh shit it would be nice okay so let's so let's talk I I'm, I think we're all uh, about it although Dave does bring up some great points that so wouldn't make them a contender contender um i do have the trade machine fired up well there's one thing we need to talk about and address because it is the elephant in the room when it comes to the need for aaron gordon on this team well it's it's the it's the injuries right how concerned are you that kevin love is just going to be another in the long line of guys like uh, you know like penny hardaway and Danny Manning, guys that, that you acquire that uh, are at the tail end of, of their uh, their prime that wind up becoming, you know, Tom Gugliotta, guys that wind up becoming uh, more question marks than, than answers because of injuries and, and other factors. Or, sure, are you concerned that with that Absolutely. with Kevin Love? Because that seems to be why most people say, no way, you can't get Kevin Love. He's, he's broken down and he's not, he's not mean, that good be honest. anymore. Let's be honest, I'd rather have a healthy... Dara Sharge and Frank Kaminsky than an injured Kevin Love. Yeah. Thank well, you very much. Yeah, I'm no, here all week. No kidding. Yep. You know, but I mean, <laughs> you know, and you could argue if you had a fully actualized Dario Sarich, you wouldn't need to acquire Kevin Love, but we're not at that point with, with Sarich. So I'm not overly concerned because you're going to, the only way this team's going to get better is by taking a chance on someone that has some question mark at either at power forward. I mean, Aaron Gordon has his own question marks and an injury history. Blake Griffin's another name you've heard. That's another guy that has all sorts of, of injury histories. You're not going to get the perfect guy there. You're going to have to take somebody with some kind of question mark. And I guess it, I guess what it comes down to is, is Kevin Love's question mark the one you want, you want to roll the dice on. And how much would be worth it to send off, right? Well, it's too bad that uh, we can't just rent him right? and give him back to the Cavs <laughs> next summer. That would be fun. We'd like to figure out if we like him. Uh, can we? <laughs> because um, $90 million, $91 million, as Chris and Phoenix pointed out here on, on Twitter, $91 million after this season is what you owe him, and he'll be 32, 33, 34 in the next few seasons. Oh. That's going to be rough. So, can we do one of those rent to own uh, programs That'd with, be with great. him? High interest. Yeah. You got to you got to pay the Cavs a lot extra along That'd the be way. Great. But, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, don't forget, uh, Dave. I believe you pointed this out that forty percent of NBA rosters uh, change every year. So, yep. you know the the 
the point of you can never trade a guy after uh, you get him. I just don't true. necessarily that's agree. That's true. The Suns could retrade him. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yes. So assuming that the Suns can we are we all in agreement that the Suns would be sending Tyler Johnson in this deal? Yeah, well, you'd have to. That's the only way the salaries work. Well, we do agree. Could send yes. Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yes, Tyler Johnson is going to, going to Cleveland. Good lord! Uh, I suppose you could send Ricky Rubio and a couple of other players too. All right, so who would be uh, who would be the 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 one player that you would assume that um, the Cavaliers would definitely say? we want on top of Tyler Johnson's expiring contract. Well, are we, are we thinking in negotiations? Who are they going to want or who are they going to accept? Yeah. Accept. Uh, would the sun, would they, they, they probably want Cam Johnson. Would the Suns be willing to trade with the Cam Johnson? No, but I, I think Mikhail Bridges is another name that intrigues a lot of people. Uh, and I wonder if that's a piece that they're will they're, they're willing to move, uh, in, in if the right name comes about, I don't think He's Kevin Love's works. probably that guy, but uh, I certainly think that's a name that's going to intrigue teams. Will the Suns come to the trade table? And with Cam Johnson's emergence, it may be somebody that they uh, they're a little bit more comfortable uh, moving for the right person. Uh, yeah, I so- think I think definitely Mikel Bridges is the guy, although he hasn't been playing as well. Um, so it would have to take a savvy GM to want him. He's, he doesn't have the little flashy quickie stats, uh, offensively. That's for sure. But I can definitely see a savvy GM wanting Mikel Bridges as, as a make or break guy to include for sure. Uh, well, so the problem, then Cleveland won't want him because they don't have a savvy GM. No, that, that trade where that trade works, by the way, you'd probably have to throw in a protected first round pick. How heavy would the Suns have, uh, or how light well, would they have to go on that uh, protected pick if it was Tyler Johnson and Mikael Bridges? Not, no, I think you could protect it. it, it very protect heavily. It. Yeah. Like what? Know. What's very heavily? What does that mean? Lottery. Something that almost certainly becomes second round pick or nothing at all if, um, if the Sun, yeah, it's something that almost certainly becomes second round picks in the future unless the Suns win a championship. Look, I go. And then it becomes a late first. Like, it's got to be like a top 20, top 25 protected late first, something like that. Look, what I do is I offer, I come to the table, you can have Tyler Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, and I'll give you my pick next year that's top five protected. And top five? Uh, yeah. Oh, what, my God. What, do you Christ. really need to add? Uh, what, listen, do you really need to Don't add another uh, another yes, young guy to this mix? They're already yeah. the youngest team in the NBA. No, they just trade. They, they can they can move on from other young guys they already have. I, just, I, mean, I, I agree with Greg on this. At some what? point, I'm just I'm at some point, the Suns have got to say we're willing to trade actual draft assets. For players like there yeah, is but not that Kevin come, Love. Well, well, Kevin no. Love is not a, a bad player. There's, we are not talking. Uh, uh, talking uh, about a guy who has injury history and is owed ninety million dollars three years after this. The right, Cavs are not just going to a give hole that they need, and the Cavs are not just going to give away. You're right, Greg. Look, and and for me, what this comes down to is: Would you rather have Mikael Bridges long term, or? Or roll the dice on another guy. You're gonna you're gonna draft. Mikhail is a known quantity. No, uh, I we all agree as a high ceiling. Uh, but I, I would not also give a first round pick. I said Frank Kaminsky, not Mikhail in it. I said I said Tyler Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, and a top five protected pick. Well, and what, what would I other do. teams be willing to give too? Because that's the thing. If the Suns want to get them, and there's other teams bidding, the Suns have to outbid, right? So they have to they have to come with an offer that works that is better than what other teams are willing Assuming to do. Assuming everybody's been given the same deadline and they're all making the same yeah, if it's the trade deadline, yes, you have to outbid your competition. Sometimes it's just a matter of who you called at the right time, too. Um, because some of these trades happen and other GMs are like, What the hell? You know, when KP was traded last year, nobody knew he was even on the market. So or well, or that they were willing to accept deals yet. You know, we, I think they knew he was on the market, but well, here's another name I, I, that came up this week, and it's not on the show sheet, so I apologize, guys. But Lori Markkinen's name was was mentioned this week as potentially not being with the Bulls any longer. Is that something that intrigues would, you more because he's younger? I would give up almost more for Kelly, Mar- uh, yeah, um, for, for Lori Markkinen. Really? See, I wouldn't, and 
And okay, so Iverson vlogs in the chat says, uh, and I've seen this a lot on on Twitter as well. Go get Dar or uh, Danilo Gallinari rather than Kevin Love. And my aunt, my my response to that is, no, because you're getting the same kind of guy with no uh, with no guarantee he's going to be here beyond this year and i don't think that that's what you're looking for if you're going to make a move here is just getting a guy that's going to you know plug a hole for the remainder of the year you need to get an answer that's this year next year the year after uh in this i don't think danilo gallinari for six months and renting him is what Mm. what you're looking to do I would do that though. See, Greg, I would I would do Danilo Gallinari as long as you're not giving up too many assets because he's an ex, he's an expiring. Okay, he's if it was expiring? just yeah, if it was just Tyler Johnson, sure he's an expiring? I am pretty sure that Danilo Gallinari is an expiring. Okay, sure. well if, if that's it, the if, case, if, then, if it was then you Gallo, then that's or... the rental you'd always want. That that's perfect. I would okay. do that. Okay, if if sure. if they're just like sure, we'll take Tyler Johnson and nothing back for. For Gallinari, you do it, but that's not the way it's going to no, work. Give Melly gonna... a Kobo. <laughs> it's not going to work either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, I'll give you a bunch of trash. <laughs> Can I have that useful piece you got over there? Sorry, I didn't. Sorry, Ellie. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. Work. No, I think no. you. I think you've just blown the minds of ninety-five percent of of NBA fans. Okay, so um, going off the rails a little bit. Uh, figured out though that. The Suns, as long as they include a player that's making as much as Mikel Bridges into this, um, they the the trade works from a contractual standpoint, from a monetary standpoint. So your options here being Mikhail Bridges, Frank Kaminsky, Dario Saric, uh, and uh, Cam Johnson, right? Um, of those players, uh, which one is most likely that the Suns would have to include in order for this trade to happen, not what we would want them to, but what they would have to include in order to make this trade happen. I think it would probably have to be Bridges. You might be able to talk them into Sarich, like Dave was talking about earlier, depending on better the draft. Better have a draft asset but, there. Better have yeah, a top no, five. Yeah, you're going to have to have a, a draft asset if that's the case. But uh, I think I think Mikhail is going to be what, what they want uh, as the sweetener in a deal you know it'd be tyler johnson mikhail and and then in that case you get a highly protected uh pick in there i don't i that may be too rich for for james jones's blood uh i don't know i don't know where he stands on mikhail i could never get quite a read we always heard uh you know and and i've heard from people that that mikhail was a sarver pick obviously uh it was Shea Gilders Alexander that that the front office, well, general manager Ryan McDonough wanted, but I don't know where James Jones stood on it. I don't know if Robert wanted Mikhail because James Jones wanted Mikhail. I I don't know what that is. Uh, I've heard different variations of of why he wanted him. So I don't know if James Jones is uh, necessarily attached to Mikhail Bridges, and and maybe he would be willing. To move on, uh, and somebody in the chat, and forgive me, I don't remember who it was, also brought up James Jones and Kevin Love have a great relationship from from their time together with the Cavs when they won. Uh, yeah, won they titles, were really so. they were close friends. There was a lot of those guys that were close friends on yeah. the Cavs for sure. But you know what? I was thinking about that. That doesn't mean you trade for your friend. I nope. mean, being a close friend sometimes tells you this isn't the guy that fits on this team because you know him so well. Exactly. So that, yeah. Don't make assumptions that just because they like each other means they'll, that one will trade for the other. But it means he he has everything he needs to know about Kevin Love to decide if he's willing to give up a little bit more than somebody else yeah, might yeah. be because he, I mean, he knows him. He's been to battle with him. He he can basically tell you the what what he'll be able to accomplish. Plus, he's got Ricky Rubio who spent years and years with him as well so if there's ever a team that knows everything they need to about kevin love to go all in on him it's the suns and if they Uh, don't if they don't make offers for him that speaks volumes to me as well about about kevin love we'll learn a lot if the suns uh completely sit out on kevin love Mm -hmm. yeah no i completely completely and utterly agree cool so uh the other thing is that can we talk just let's let's uh one more angle on this 
Uh, one of the things that failed the Suns back in 2014 was taking some early success and trying to turn that into immediate contention. And uh, James Jones did a really good job this past summer of setting the Suns up for the future as well as the present. Uh, the present was supposed to be raising the floor and a stepping stone, which they're currently doing. And then, um, you know, just growing from there because the core is Aiden and Bain, Aiden and sorry, not Aiden and Baines, but um, <laughs> Aiden and, and Booker. Um, and then just seeing what happens organically and setting themselves up to have all their money in the summer of 2021. If you, 30 games in, 40 games in, whatever it is, suddenly drop everything and go after a Kevin Love. You're saying, this is my core. I'm not going to have any financial flexibility. I'm going to have to make trades, which James Jones doesn't love doing. Um, at least he said he doesn't love doing. Maybe he starts liking them now. But, you know, it makes it a lot less flexible for you in the future if you if you drop everything and suddenly you're a now, now, now team. Yeah, but this uh, is so different. I think this is different than that 48-win team, though, because if you look at that, it was Gorin and Bledsoe was the core there, and then you had Gerald Green and Miles Plumley. Like, we were talking about guys playing so far over their heads, and when you look at this roster, uh, you have two young pieces that everybody feels like, well, I won't say everybody when it comes to Aiden, but many people feel like can be cornerstones for you. Uh, a, a solid point guard. Like, this is a balanced roster, uh, and you'd be making a move for a position you need, not a third point guard, the way they went, quote-unquote, all in with it. So I think I understand the hesitation, but I don't think this is this is the same kind of situation when you look at the pieces that that are here uh, and and the way this is laid out. This would just be James Jones going, all right, well, this team has taken steps to raise that floor further than we thought, and I think we can take that next step in season rather than waiting for the offseason. Also, this is uh, the Suns have two clear holes in their roster, and that is uh, power forward and backup point guard. Um, this fills that, which I do think makes it a little bit different. And also Kevin Love, don't forget, can play uh, the five and you can have Sharich out there with Love. And um, But I think to your point, Greg, uh, if the Suns sit this one out with all of the knowledge that they have on Kevin Love, uh, that that is the biggest telltale sign in everything we need to know about it. Um, Dave, bright side night coming up. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, hold on. I'm actually just right now sending a DM to um, the guy who's designing our T-shirts. Okay. Dave is, li is live sliding into somebody's DMs right here on the show. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I love this guy, Craig Hamill. He's awesome. Oh, I love um, okay, so Brightside Night, we finally got the site launched that collects donations. It took a little bit longer than anyone thought this year because – IT people get busy, um, but finally got that site launched. It launched. It is suns.com slash brightside. Yes, that's suns.com slash brightside. Suns.com slash brightside. And all it takes is $9 to send two kids to a game. How incredible of a deal is that? We do this every year. Last year, we got 3,300 kids sent to a game. Uh, that, was, that was pretty awesome. This year, the Suns, because they were late on getting the site up for donations, the Suns are just immediately matching all donations. And these are $9 seats in the upper deck that we're getting for kids. Um, so actually, it works out to two tickets for only $9. And I really, I mean, there's nothing better. Nothing better that you could possibly do. In fact, I calculated out that we could fill up the entire arena if everybody reads Brightside each day. One day's worth of readers donated $9. We could fill up the entire arena. Now, of course, every year that isn't what happens. Most people ignore the, the least read articles on my site are the ones pimping for donations for these tickets. It's because people don't like to give away their money. But you know what? You buy a Starbucks for you and your, you and your buddy or you and your girlfriend or whatever it is. Guess what? You could have you changed the lives of a couple of kids. Brightside Night is great because kids get to go to a Suns game and experience an NBA game for the very first time. And I remember my first NBA game. I remember almost every NBA game I've ever been to because they're just so fun. It's a, such a different experience than these kids will ever get in their young lives. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give back to our community. I'm trying to give back to 
Um, the Phoenix community that has supported me and supported the Suns for 40 years. We're creating a new generation of Suns fans with with these giveaways. Um, and all I need is a few of your dollars. You guys donate to all kinds of stuff. You donate your you, know, you donate everything because uh, you donate little bits here and there, and you donate actually to retail stores to buy stuff that you're going to consume in about five minutes and then then uh, never never see your money again. How about give it to a couple of kids? Nine dollars for, for half the cost of a Starbucks cup of coffee. You can send two children to a Phoenix Suns game, and for the first time in years of Brightside Night, it's no longer torturing them. It's actually going to give them great enjoyment to see a good basketball team play a game that uh, that we all love. Uh, I highly recommend donating to, to Brightside Night. I don't shill for Dave very often or at all. Uh, but in this case, I certainly yes, we will. know you're always <laughs> people are always trying to get us to stop fighting on Twitter because you're such an asshole. <laughs> I love I love that they think it's real too. Guess what? Dave and I would not sit here for as, as many hours as we have doing the show if we actually hated each other. We wouldn't. <laughs> I'm sorry to blow that illusion, but please donate to Brightside Night. Uh, find it in your heart because I actually, you know, I remember to this day being a nine-year-old and getting to go to my first son's game uh, and and sitting in that upper deck and just thinking that it was the greatest thing in the world to get a chance to be in that building that I had listened to Al McCoy describe and, and watched on UPN, or actually back then it probably would have been just a Channel 45. I don't even think they had an affiliation. Oh, yeah, then. I remember Channel 45, yeah. Channel 9. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... It, it, it'll mean something to these kids and that $9 and whatever you probably spend would not mean that much to you. So I definitely, you're not uh, even going to, you're not even going to miss the $9. You're not even going to miss it. No. And you know what else? Let's talk about what you get out of this stuff. All right. Um, if you, if you actually donate 10 tickets, 90 bucks, that actually becomes 20 kids going to a game. And you'll get your own pair of tickets to the game that you would have spent 90 bucks to get anyway. If you do, uh, and you get invited to a pregame interview session with James Jones that nobody else gets to have. Well, I hope it's James Jones this year. We haven't gotten a confirmation, but it'll be somebody from the Suns front office. In four years, we've had the GM or assistant GM each time. Give me Trevor um, Buckstein. Really yeah, well, why not? <laughs> sure, I would love to have Trevor. Uh, Jeff Bauer, um, anybody. Um, you know, it would be fun. It would be really fun. And that's all you got to do. All you got to do is donate a little bit of money. And if you give give just a little bit of money, you get kids changing their lives. If you donate a little bit more money, you get stuff for yourself. Um, tickets to the game, free access to the GM. I mean, come on. what What's better than that? And, look, and then I, for 200, well, hold on. Then for right. 25 tickets, which turns into 50 kids for 225 bucks, we'll even, we'll, if you can make it to the game, we'll give you the lower level tickets to the game. And we'll honor you pregame on the court with a big announcement for everybody to cheer and recognize how many kids that you guys help donate and, and get to Brightside Night. Look, guys, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to take what I, uh, uh, my share of uh, of our earnings from this uh, this last month, and I'm going to I'm going to donate. Uh, what is that? Eleven tickets, I think. Uh, I, I'm going to throw in a little of my own cash there. I, I think I'm going to donate eleven tickets to this. Uh, guys just because that's how much i believe in it, immediately so. because the suns are matching yeah so so let's let's do that let's get out there let's help uh these kids have a a memory that they won't uh soon forget dave when when is that date who who are these kids going to get to see and uh, and when is it yeah uh so the game is very similar to last year actually the suns played the kings on Brightside night last year they're doing that again this year um, it is against the Kings. It's on January 7th, only one day off from last year, too. And uh, that'll be against Marvin Bagley should be back. Uh, De'Aaron Fox should be back. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, DeAndre Aiden will be back um, unless he's been suspended for something else or is injured. But everybody should be available for that game. That is Suns against the Kings on Tuesday, January 7th. So this is a really fast track thing. Now, I do have to say that I'm I'm hugely impressed with folks. Um, you guys are so used to this. A lot of you have already donated. 
I only posted the started uh, collecting two days ago, two and a half days ago, and we're up over fifteen hundred tickets donated already. Uh, but I want to get over three thousand. We did three thousand. We had thirty three hundred last year. I want to top that if possible. Well, like I said, we could fill up an entire arena if everybody just donates a little bit. So um, let's go for this. Thank you, Greg. I'm going to turn around my solar uh, flares money as well. Uh, solar panel, sorry, money as well and uh, donate that to the kids. So we're it's going to add up. And I know Tim's going to do something like that as well. He hasn't spoken up yet, but we're going to twist his arm and and twist whatever it takes to get him you to got, donate You guys money. have been talking for like five straight he, minutes. He's going to donate his... Let you run with the segment. He's going <laughs> to donate his glasses money for December to the kids in need. Let's let's make this happen. Uh, what are you going to do? I, I, this, I don't. Tim? I donate every single year to Brightside. I know uh, you do. Brightside I, night. You do. You're and guess what? They could see Kev, the newest son, Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, suns.com/slash/brightside/night. We will talk about it on future episodes. All the way leading up to it is a wonderful way that you can send an underprivileged child to a basketball game. Uh, when I was um, in Orlando this uh, last week, seeing the Suns lose by 20 to the Magic, uh, there was a large group of boys and girls club kids that were there, uh, and it totally reminded me of what you put on, Dave, and it was uh, just an amazing thing to see all these kids at the game. Uh, you could tell it mattered to them. Uh, they don't get to go do this sort of thing very often. Uh, sporting events are really expensive, and these are underprivileged kids that do not get to do stuff like this. It's uh, it's important, so um, please donate if you can. Nine bucks gets two kids to a game. All right, you guys want to do the stat of the week? Sure. All Let's right. Let's do it. The plus-minus totals for the season. Dave was talking about this earlier. We are going to go in terms – we're going to go backwards. Uh, Tyler Johnson, so far this season, plus-minus, uh, minus, minus 79 points. Uh, that's worse on the team. Cam Johnson. Yeah, let's, wait, let's talk about context really quick on plus minus. Plus minus individually is a very dirty stat. It all depends on where you, you know, who you were playing with at the time you were playing, blah, 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 blah. But after 20 games, a cumulative plus minus of your, uh, of all the different lineups you've been in and, and uh, what kind of impact you've had on the game, that starts to mean a little bit, I think, a little more than an individual game or a week or whatever. This is two and a half months of plus minus. So um, uh, Tim's going backwards on it. And so worst to best. And it it is very telling. And I think it does pass the eye test that Tyler Johnson has had um, uh, the most, the least amount of success. We'll say that. We'll turn it to a positive. The least amount of success in a Suns uniform this year. All right. Uh, Cam Johnson next. Uh, minus 28 uh, in his time. As a rookie, that's that's to be expected because rookies don't know how to make winning plays. Uh, Ty Jerome, minus 18. Same. Oh, Actually, I, that's interesting. Ty Jerome's is cumulative. He's only played three games, whereas these other guys have played 18 to 21 games. That's actually not very good for Ty Jerome at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, minus 16. Yeah, passes the eye test. It Poor Frank. He looks like somebody me. always kicked his dog. Well, I also with the Frank Kaminsky, I look. I just don't think it's it's fair that uh, he is out there uh, playing the starting center position. Honestly, no. sure, um, he's playing out of position for sure. I, out of position, and he sh- probably shouldn't be in a starting lineup, right? No, right. definitely shouldn't be in the starting lineup, and nobody thought he ever ever would be so i mean he's doing what he can by the way somebody said i look like frank kaminsky and i don't see it i think they saw uh, a white guy with beard and <laughs> and it just rolled with it so it's funny dave what did frank your girlfriend doesn't even say? have a beard dave what did your girlfriend say about frank kaminsky yeah he, she, he the way he reacts to whatever play happens he looks like he's never been good enough <laughs> like oh because <laughs> oh so Greg, his shoulders I, always look slumped and his face always looks slack uh, maybe that's what they were referring to uh <laughs> a guy that looks depressed yes i fall into that category so. <laughs> i know your music selection um shaka diallo uh negative one that's actually pretty good considering all these other guys are basically bench guys check Diallo being uh, one of the better ones um, among those units because you know you are who with sometimes like I said this is a cumulative stat over the course of the year it's interesting to see how guys shake out 
Sheck out. And uh, Sheck has actually done pretty well with a minus one cumulative over the course of the year. I, I've been really impressed with uh, with Sheck Diallo, uh, but R.I.P. Uh, after that uh, poster dunk that happened. The the hey, at night. least he was willing to get in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I never I never give anybody a hard time for getting uh, for getting dunked on because uh, to Dave's point, uh, it's a lot of guys just move to the side. So except Brandon Knight, out. we always right. would give him crap oh, for that. So. Poor okay. Brandon Knight. I wonder if he wakes uh, up in a cold sweat sometimes, just imagining those. Poster DeAndre, dunks that he's been DeAndre in. Jordan. That would require yeah. caring. So no, he doesn't. Uh Mikkel Bridges. Uh, he is a net zero. And that is actually pretty good. Again, just like Sheck Diallo, Mikkel and Sheck have had um a pretty good impact off the off the bench. I think that's that's a good sign. And that's the uh, stat that shows you uh, Mikhail Bridges does the little things, and it doesn't always show up in, in in the regular stat line. But that's that shows you what he's what he's accomplishing out there. Javon yep. Carter, positive thirteen. Ah, Javon Carter's mom is is cheering right now because that's another case of a guy coming off the bench and having a positive impact. That's good. That's funny. Um, Rip Ford in the uh, YouTube chats <laughs> go after Anthony Davis instead of Kevin Love. <laughs> like, Why not? Joking. Sure. Yeah. yeah. LeBron too. That. Let's, let's that throw that in there too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Give Kelly me no, Giannis. Why are why are we messing with with AD? Give me Giannis. Let's go that route. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll send him Tyler Johnson and Sharich. Yeah, done. <laughs> uh, Kelly Oubre, positive fourteen. This that, is a good sign. It is it is interesting though. Um, I will point out that among the starters this year, Kelly Oubre is down at the bottom of this list. Uh, Kelly Ray also, though I believe. I mean, if you don't include Frank Kaminsky, without without having it, uh, the the lineups in front of me uh, from an eye test, a memory eye test, I believe that Kelly Ray is also the starter that is out there the most, or, or at least first with those uh, all bench lineups. Um, he seems to be the one that Monty he spends answers. a lot of time with the bench lineups as their scorer. Absolutely, you're right. So that does bring him back a little bit, bring him down a little bit. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, positive 25 in just one game. <laughs> in one game. Yeah, that is right. encouraging. You know? <laughs> it matches the number of games he's been you suspended know, for, so why not? Let me just make a comment. It's been so long since we've seen DeAndre Ayton. It's like it is a little difficult to remember what how he plays, and yet when you watch Sheck Diallo and you see some of the touch that Sheck has around the basket um, and his touch shots, his feel, it feels so much nicer to watch than a Frank or a Dario trying to make a layup. Um, DeAndre Ayton has that kind of better feel, actually, than Sheck Diallo. And it's just going to be so nice when you actually have somebody in in a more actualized version of, of a pick-and-roll roller and a guy who's got the touch around the basket who can score how much uh, our offense is going to be so much more efficient it's going to be fun to watch so whenever you are happy about check diallo think about um deandre ayton because that's the kind of especially offensively that's the kind of impact he's going to have uh devin booker a positive 36 no surprise there i thought he me. was a guy who can't win yeah. uh, uh, well, also devin booker he has six 30-point games this year. Remember, they said, oh, the more he scores, the less the Suns can win. He doesn't impact winning, blah, blah, blah. Suns are 5-1 and one when Devin Booker scores 30-plus points this year. Thank you very much. Do, do you want – I mean, basically what encapsulates everything about Devin Booker is they win in New Orleans the other night, right? He has 44, and a great stat line. And ESPN yeah. gives their stat line of the night – to freaking Lonzo Ball in that game and says, well, he didn't get the win, but he had a great line. And it's like, the guy who got the win had a better the line. Ultimate, <laughs> but the ultimate slap, because that was the reason they wouldn't put Booker up there is because he didn't get the wins. Yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Ellie Acobo, a positive 41. This shocked me. This is the most shocking number on this entire list. Ellie Acobo, by far, is the most impactful non-starter positive on the scoreboard of anybody this year. And he has looked fairly good. I mean, I, I think you don't want to overexpose the guy with too many minutes, but 
he's looked fairly good. He's made some shots. He's, he's making 40% of his threes this year. Um, he's only shooting 40% from the floor somehow. I don't know how he's only shooting 40% from the floor because it seems like he makes every single layup and he shoots threes and that's all I've ever seen. So I think he's, he's actually played pretty well this year and he's got, he's also has a 38 to four assist to turnover, um, numbers this year cumulatively. So I think that's, that's really nice to see. It's, it's interesting too, because this was a guy that the only reason he's on the roster is because he had a guaranteed contract. So, and they couldn't find a trade partner for him from everything we've heard that, that, that seems to be the reason he's on the roster. And the better he plays, the more chance he can be included as that trade sweetener. I love it. I agree. And I mean, I've been impressed because a guy like that could, could easily just fold and go, well, you know what, this team doesn't want me and I'm just going to earn my check, but he's, uh, he's growing and he's doing things that we didn't expect. So uh, props to Ellie. All right. Uh, third best on the team is Dario Saric at a, well, second and third, uh, Dario Saric and Aaron Baines are both tied for a positive 44. I thought you were going to say that somehow Ricky Rubio was, uh, was three and two on the list. He's been that good. Eh, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Saric has, done his plus 44 cumulative and almost twice as many minutes as Baines. So we still want to rank Baines as, as the second best. So it's, it's in the right order there, Tim. Um, charge though, you gotta, you gotta give him props, man. The guy does not fill up the stat sheet. Uh, and he's perfectly okay with that, but he has a positive impact on the game and you need guys like that in your lineups. Yeah. Not, not a surprise to me at all. Um, and the, he also is the best rebounder on the team this year. On one of the league's worst rebounding teams, but yeah, at least he's scary. trying. Uh, and the great overpay of the summer goes to Ricky Rubio, who is a positive 76 is there for the season. Is there anything that was a dumber take from this summer than that? That Ricky Rubio somehow was overpaid for what he's been able to do in the impact. And, and, those of us that were looking at it were saying this is exactly what he was going to do for this you team. You know what's man. even scarier about this is that uh, ESPN billed that worst signing of the summer as a collection of anonymous votes by NBA front office personnel. Which is insane. It's not even bloggers. It's not even media people. It's not even those shiny, shiny diamonds, you know, shiny things, uh, people. It's supposed to be these GMs. Well, you know what? I have to question the sources of these of these ESPN guys then because those can't be very good front office people if they literally thought Ricky Rubio adding a point guard to a team desperate for a point guard was the worst signing of the summer. He was, look, let's recap. Ricky Rubio is about the 19th highest paid point guard in the league. And he's one, uh, he's definitely better than that as far as value to a team. And he's always been very good. He's eighth season. He's been around. He's been around. How can you possibly think he was the worst signing of this, of the off season? I think they have terrible sources or they're lying. I don't know what it is, but that's the scariest part about that entire worst signing of the off season thing. That was supposed to be NBA front office personnel. Look, do you really think that NBA GMs are sitting there filling out surveys that ESPN's asking them to? They probably handed it to some intern in their in their department yeah, to, but, to do that stuff. Right, right, right. But still, the, the, the they still should have collective group think of 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 knowing how to sign smart NBA players and good NBA players. That is, I just, I'm my mind is blown. Well, let's be well, fair. I think you overrate the intelligence of some NBA general managers when you look at the mess that the Knicks are and other teams in this league. Uh, I, I don't think it is as simple as that, but I, what Ricky Rubio has been spectacular and the, the numbers back that up. We're not just being homers when it comes to Ricky Rubio in the past, the other night in new Orleans in overtime that he had, I still don't know how he pulled that off. He faked the cameraman even uh, yeah. in that. So, Well, in that entire overtime, he just dominated that entire overtime. It was, so, it was really fun to watch. Uh, my, it still will remain one of my favorite uh, worst takes of the summer was Ricky Rubio being an overpay when he is the 17th highest uh, starting uh, paid point guard in the NBA. Uh, just don't come at me with him being the 17th highest uh, paid starting uh, point guard is not an overpay 
at 17. It's <laughs> it's an average pay. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that whole Slightly thing has bothered below. me all all year all year also. That was absolutely not an overpay. And he was making 15 million with the Jazz on his on his first free agent deal, you know, the, uh, after his rookie contract. So it's not like he got a huge jump either like Corey Joseph and other guys like that who are well overpaid. Brendan Clean did a really good job on Brightside of the sun.com uh, yesterday where he analyzed the other free agent rookie deals and how they're doing this year. And they're not doing well. You know, let's uh, you know, newsflash. Those guys are not doing as well as they, as everyone thought they would um, yet. Ricky Rubio is out playing even what he was signed for And to Tim's point. That wasn't even an overpay. Just go so look screw at all of you guys. Just go look at his replacement in Utah and then tell me that, Ricky Rubio uh, wasn't for worth twice the money. The money. Yeah, exactly. Like Conley's really? making twice the money. It, it was one of those. Oh, and guess what? Donovan Mitchell said. is not looking as good this year. Is it possible Ricky Rubio helped Donovan Mitchell look better? Well, maybe because now Devin Booker's looking better next to Ricky Rubio. Um, hey, watching on the YouTube right now, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. It really does help the show out. Thank we're you gonna, guys so much. We're going to get you a shirt that just says that, Tim. You can uh, just that's wear fine. it. <laughs> uh, or you guys could do it every once in a while. That would also work. Listen, yeah, you so, know, uh, hitting that thumbs up button is great. Make sure you guys do that. And if you're watching, no matter when you're watching, this could be days, weeks later, still hit that thumbs up, okay? It always still matters. T- uh, Tim could use an ego boost, so please hit that thumbs up. It's uh, right. the currency it's, it's, that keeps him afloat every week. It's for me. It's not for the YouTube background. No, it's not. <laughs> Listen, so there has been, um, closing this out, two segments of the show. we got to go a little bit quicker through this than we were going to, but there has been some pretty big changes when it comes to the backup starting point guard rotation with the Phoenix Suns. I'm just going to list these players out really quickly. Uh, give me like a minute and a half here to throw a whole lot of stats and numbers at you guys. Ty Jerome, this season, 3.7 points, 4 assists, 2.3 steals. Javon Carter, 4.1 points, 1.9 assists, 0.9 steals per game. Elliot Kobo, 4.2 points, 2.5 assists, 0.3 steals. Tyler Johnson, 6.9 points, 2.3 assists, 0.3 steals. Yes, we just went over the plus minus, so you guys have all that information there as well. The Suns versus the Mavs, November 29th. Tyler Johnson played. 15 minutes. Ellie Kobo played 13 minutes. Javon Carter was a DNP. Ty Jerome was still not available to play. The Suns versus the Hornets, December 2nd. Ty Jerome inserted into that lineup. Uh, he played 12 minutes. Javon Carter got nine. Tyler Johnson and Ellie Kobo were both DNPs. Then uh, uh, against the Magic, yeah, there was a lot of garbage time, like an entire quarter of garbage time in this game. But Ty Jerome, 18 minutes. Carter, 18 minutes. Ellie Kobo, four minutes. Tyler Johnson, another DNP. The Suns versus the Pelicans. Ty Jerome, nine minutes. Ellie Kobo, two with Tyler Johnson and uh, Carter both getting DNPs on that game. What is up with the backup point guard rotation, uh, and is Monty doing the right thing? Monty's trying to figure out what his backup point guard rotation is. When you get Ty Jerome back in the uh, back in the mix after coming back from injury, he's got to figure out how to work him in, what the minutes are, uh, and I think it's gonna uh, gonna be situational sometimes. I think Javon Carter. Uh, gives you uh, obviously a little bit more defensively. Uh, I would, I would personally love to just see them roll with, with some combination of Ty Jerome and Elliot Kobo to just understand what you have with those guys. Ty Jerome is probably the closest thing you have on the roster to being able to do uh, similar things. Obviously, not as well, but similar things to what Ricky Rubio does. So, if he can, uh, if he can continue to grow blossom as he as he gets these minutes he probably makes it the easiest transition when you go from ricky rubio to a backup mm-hmm. point guard uh and i just i'd ride elia kobo out until and until he either proves that this was a fluke of a start or that this is who he is and and give him minutes i just we've seen what javon carter is going to be we know what tyler johnson is and that he's not going to be a long-term uh, part of uh, of the future of this team, so so I'd ride it out with those guys, honestly. You know, I'm really disappointed. I'm really, really disappointed in Tyler Johnson's um, impact on the game. I know the guy's playing hard. He's trying hard. 
there's, there's never been an effort, uh, question on his effort and his voice and his, 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 uh, demeanor and all that as part of the team, as a vocal part of the team has been extremely good for the Suns. I'm, I'm just disappointed that he hasn't had a better impact on the games because he is still in my mind, the best, the ideal third guard on this team. He just hasn't played like it. And so he's forcing money to do different things, but Man, they're already relying a lot on Cam Johnson, and you can just tell Cam is doing the best he possibly can, but he's still, as a rookie, he doesn't know. I mean, he's he's, he's almost played as many games already this year, Cam, as he played uh, last year at UNC. I mean, it's not – it's he's going to hit a wall pretty soon. And so what I'm, why I'm saying that is because if you play Ty Jerome too much, then you've got two rookies in your lineup. And part of the problem for the Suns this past week since Ty Jerome has been inserted is that now they're playing two rookies and two second year men a lot in that second in that backup rotation. And that's just too many kids. I really think I really wish Tyler Johnson was playing better and he may end up back in that rotation after a little bit of time to figure out where he fits. But um, Tyler Johnson is not a great passer. And that could be part of the problem where the Suns offense just bogs down because they're used to Ricky running the show. And you're right, Greg, that Ty Jerome might be the best um, best replacement for Ricky on the team as far as a passer, for sure. Um, uh, it is funny that none of us are including Elia Kobo as a guy who must play, even though he's got the best plus minus of all of them. And he's been playing very well. Um, I think we're all kind of out on Elia Kobo and we're hoping Ty Jerome becomes, you know, the the guy who 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 his dad thinks he should be in the NBA because <laughs> um, I, I think it's so funny. Every time I see Ty Jerome on a court, he looks like some dude you pulled out of the stands and gave a uniform and they just cooks everybody on the court. I think he's great, uh, but he looks like some guy you just gave a uniform to. Um, and, and it's just interesting. It's really interesting. And, and Greg, I think you summed it up. None of them are really good enough to be a really good backup point guard right now. So we can only hope one of them starts playing better and more consistently. Well, and the thing, I mean, you bring up youth. The thing is, three out of your four options are going to be that. It's either, you know, a first-year or a second-year guy in, in Jerome, Akobo, and, and Carter. So you've got to have to pick your poison with that. And Ty Jerome, or not Ty Jerome, uh, Tyler Johnson's going to be freezing his ass off in Cleveland soon enough. So he's not <laughs> going to be an option. So we'll see somebody in the chat. And again, I apologize. It was earlier and I don't remember who brought up the fact if you pick up a player or if you acquire a player like a, a Kevin love, it, it could ease the necessity to have a, a playmaking point guard on that second unit depending on how you stagger the lineup because Kevin Love uh, is is such a good passer uh, as well so that could help uh, too but there's Monty Williams is doing the right thing right now because he has to try to figure out what he has in this group and since Ty Jerome didn't start the season uh, that that's part of this he's got he's got to figure it out on the fly and that's what he's doing has he been too aggressive uh, with the Tyler Johnson DNP uh, clearly in exchange for Ty Jerome. Well, I think it's, I, you've got to try Ty Jerome out and he's got to take somebody's minutes. So I could see why Monty did that. I, all of us want, all of us look, all of us just want better play. And so uh, Monty's trying for the same thing and he's, he's looking and mixing and matching to see which combinations of players are good. And, they do have some analytics and they can tell that Tyler Johnson has had the worst impact on the team this year. Um, it's not Tyler's fault necessarily. He's just not having, he's not fitting perfectly with this team. Uh, and so maybe that'll change and hopefully it will change, but yeah. Um, is Monty being too aggressive? You got to try all the guys on your roster. If you never try a guy, then you're always going to second guess, your, second guess yourself to see if maybe that guy was going to be better. Um, and he really, really likes Ty Jerome, clearly. Ty Jerome had a great preseason. Hey, if this if this team were on a 5-2, and 7-4 and four run right now, and he was doing this, I would probably lean towards right. too aggressive, but they, they have struggled lately, so you have to be aggressive in trying to figure out uh, ways to rectify that, and I think that's what he's doing here. He realizes that that second unit needs some kind of stabling force uh, at point guard and then he's trying to figure out how that'll look and he's trying to get that figured out so when 
at when DeAndre Ayton comes back and you have another seismic shift with your with your bench unit by adding, you know, Kaminsky and, and Baines back in there when he's uh, when he's not injured that all, all of a sudden you have at least have that point guard portion of it of it figured out and how you're going to utilize it. All right. And uh, finishing off the episode with Espo's Dunkey Award Ooh. of the Week. Quick reminder this is in honor of Nate Duncan being a. Never mind. I'm not going to use that phrase, but we've named it in honor of him uh, since he's blocked us all. We can't see his horrible takes. So we find other people on Twitter who have horrible sons' takes in honor of Nate Duncan. This week it's at J Boss. Uh, I think it's Boss. It's B O S S E. And uh, he says in a conversation about DeAndre Ayton, the guy is a bust, hence why he's currently in a halfway house for drugs. Well, (laughs) okay, 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 okay. Uh, At least nearly nearly every player is taking something uh, that enhances their game. And DeAndre Ayton is the guy that got caught. And it's shitty, and he shouldn't have been doing it, but we have to stop pretending that nobody else is, right? (laughs) Right. What I am, what I am, uh, was unaware of is how strict this NBA policy is that players that are suspended have to move into a halfway house. I was unaware (laughs) of this, but I wish somebody had informed me because that would certainly stop a lot of this. I mean, could you imagine if LeBron got busted for it and had to leave his palatial mansion to live in a halfway house? I mean, that makes it makes it pretty clear that you don't want to do it. So, yeah, I think Tim's Tim's made a really good point that that these guys are all taking something. They're just not um let's say uninformed. They're not uninformed about the CBA policy that lists specific drugs that will be tested for. I mean, the CBA policy collective bargaining agreement is is clear on exactly which things that they're going to test for all you got to do is pick something else so deandre ayton is just the one who was uh less informed than he should have been we'll call it that so so jay boss uh, enjoy your donkey award we'll uh, not be mailing it to you but, halfway uh, house for drugs we don't even know what drugs he was taking we, we don't I mean, even know if he did sure. We're well, pretty sure. Well, we're yeah. Well, we're pretty sure that it wasn't steroids because steroids don't flush out with a diuretic like that. Um, could it have been some recreational drug that he was having too much fun with right before training camp? Possibly. Um, could it have been something that was just supposed to enhance his his performance? Possibly. Or could it simply be that he was trying to lose some weight before training camp? We don't know. What we do know is that whatever appeal they tried to file um, has not been successful because he's now down to six games left out of 25. <clears throat> um, so he clearly did not, was not able to prove that he didn't know what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He just got bad information. He needs better people around him. Look, I'm just at a point, and, and honestly, this isn't just because of uh, you know DeAndre Ayton being one of the better players on the Suns, but I'm at a point where, let's just be honest, these people are adults, right? If they want to put something in their body, let them, right? It's not, I, I just, I'm, you're putting your head in the sand if you actually think that they aren't finding ways around this and that you're just happening to catch the guys, to Dave's point, that aren't doing it smart enough, right? So why, yeah, why, why with the this, farce? Like, I don't, I, like, well, I don't want this segment to come across as us apologizing for Aiden because no. I'm not. I think Aiden is in, was being an idiot. I don't think he is an idiot. I think he was being an idiot when he did this. That was the and he hurt his team. He's out 25 games out of 82. That's about a third of the season. They are definitely being hurt by his absence, and I won't be able to forgive him very soon for this. And I will never trust him to do the right thing um, until many many years go by, and he's proven he's always done the right thing. He is not a trustworthy guy, and I don't respect that. I don't respect what he did. However, he is just another NBA player like a lot of these guys. He's not a lot different than a lot of these guys. I'm not excusing it. I'm just identifying it. I, I no, I agree whole I no, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm not condoning it. I think he I think he did something that was very selfish. We've dis, we've discussed that. I'm just saying in general, the whole 
drug testing and all this thing just seems like a farce and a joke. So why why put up the front? Uh, why not just be like accept that these guys are adults and they can make their own decisions and the league doesn't need to need to regulate well, they, it. You know? They they do. They they stop drug testing during the playoffs. So yeah, well. All right. Uh, and on that note, by then (laughs) we will, we will end, uh, the episode. Make sure that you go to sons.com slash bright side, $9 sends two underprivileged children to a son's game to see the sons play the Kings January 7th. Um, and we will be back this Wednesday at seven o'clock Arizona time. Later. Hey guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate $1, $5, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star our review however you want to do it we appreciate you and you know what if you donate 10 bucks tim's gonna send you some sun uh, solar panel swag i don't know where he's getting it it's probably some shady place that that he knows about out there in florida but it's cool stuff so uh, donate thanks again uh, greg here and tim and dave also appreciate you it's sun solar panel you can support us sunshirts.com or leave a donation